This episode of the Duck Gun Podcast proudly brought to you by Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels, the market's only double-walled, roto-molded dog crate, and a five-star crash test-rated kennel. These American-made boxes come with a lifetime warranty, and the guys over at Gunner Kennels have done some crazy testing just to show how strong they really are, like dropping 4,000 pounds on it, hammering it with a 630-pound sled, tossing it off a 200-foot cliff, and shooting it with a 12-gauge at seven paces with no pellet penetration. You're hitting the road with your dog this season. Gunner Kennels is your safest bet. Protect your best friend and protect your investment. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. On today's episode, we're going over our weekly hunt update from Kansas and Indiana. Elliot and I have both been out hitting up the ducks, going for it. So before we jump into the podcast, quick word from our sponsors, and then we'll get right to the hunting update. Hey guys, Tim from HTR here. If you really want to get your group up front and in the action, check out our new HTR A-frame. Hunt anywhere, concealed. It sets up and takes down in less time than it takes to put your waders on. We've developed our own camo patterns for a better hide, with more designs coming. We have you covered from the sides and the top. Oh, and did I mention, our A-frame is only 10 pieces out of the box? Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on htrinnovations.com. Hey guys, another great company that we've partnered with is Sportsman Taxidermy. And we had Corey on the podcast not too long ago, so jump back, check that one out. Really great content there. Um, but they do everything from waterfowl, deers, turkey, and they've even done a lion at their shop. It's award-winning taxidermy, and they're out of Belton, Missouri. Um, you can reach them at 816-331-5171 or email at taxidermy at outlook.com. And did I mention, if you're not in the area, they also do shipping, so that's great. Be sure to check them out, guys. We'd like to give a big thanks to our partners over at White Rock Decoys. Be a nomad and get out further with more decoys with their lightweight system of windsocks, silhouettes, and fully collapsible floater decoys. We'd also like to give a big thanks to our partners over at Bailey's Game Calls. These 3D printed plastic calls are made in America, highly customizable, and floating. They also have a patent pending on the density of their calls, which allows them to mimic wood and acrylic calls. Be sure to check out Bailey's Game Calls for your next duck or goose call. What's going on, folks? I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. Got my co-host, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, and we're about to jump into our weekly hunt update where we kind of laid back, relax, and just talk about our hunts um, with you guys and with each other and just share what we've been going on. So how's it going, Elliot? It's been going good, man. We are we are in the heat of it now, aren't we? Yes, we oh. are. We're for us, oh. we're in the heat of hunting a lot, but not the heat of action. I would say. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of feel that way with us. Who, um, you know, we've had some run of some slower hunts, but I, I think I've hunted now ten times, and also about I'm about a third, thirty three percent of my seasons 
pretty much done. So I'm at the first, I can't say quarter because it's three. <laughs> You've done 10 hunts, including till. And yeah. mm, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I'm, up to I mean, six, I'm up to 16, but like my bird numbers are like equivalent to like four of your hunts. <laughs> what, what are your numbers at? What are your numbers at? Oh man, it's embarrassing. I've had such a rough, rough start to the season. And it's, uh, not embarrassing, it's just real. I mean, you saw my season one. It season. is real. But like, if you were a statistician and you saw this year, you'd throw it out as an anomaly. <laughs> yeah. It's just uh man. Um, Cause I'm at, I'm at 24 birds after 16 hunts. So it's, it's been rough to say the least. Yeah. So you're in the ones per. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's just how it is sometimes. That's just how it is. I mean, my season, season two of FDH, I shot zero ducks on 45% of my hunts. Almost <laughs> half. And my 11-year average is like 12% of my hunts. I've shot zero. And that year I did a 45 while filming and posting every hunt. Yeah. See, there's so, a little difference. I don't post skunks. I'll post like one bird, but... I got it. That's my, that's my cutoff. <laughs> well, it just depends on me. I mean, I'll get home. There has been, I'm trying to think if, I think there was one time I didn't have content for it, but um, I, I, if I get home and look through it and I think I can make something that's interesting to me, um, then I'll, then I will post it. So the last, not this video I posted Monday, but the one Thursday before that we shot one duck and it was about a 16 minute video and I still enjoyed the video. I liked it. I still liked the video. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that would make a difference, for sure. It's just uh, a lot of times, like uh, for me, I have a lot of solo hunts, or I don't know. I, I feel like you could still do it for sure, but yeah, yeah, I did on the last one. Of course, I mean, I ended up, I I did shoot five on the one. Yeah, but there was virtually no action kill shots in it. I mean, it was mostly just me running my mouth. <laughs> yeah, but still, five birds, man. You can't complain about that. That's like uh, no, 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 no. I just mean from the aspect of that hunt was I did shoot five, but the majority of what that hunt centers around is me sucking and not shooting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I try very much to um, show every video I can. What I don't like, I don't like watching videos where every time they post a video, it's you never see them miss. Like, I, like I'll be watching a video and they've shot a ton of birds and you have not she seen one missed shot and they're like oh i gotta go back to the truck for more shells like well where first from what i'm seeing you're not missing a shot what did you not just accidentally not record during all those misses i mean why do you think that guys won't show their misses like because you've certainly you've seen that too right yeah i've seen that for sure uh probably i mean there's there's two options one is just like less action and two um, embarrassment would be that, but yeah, I'm gonna say it's just the, the if they're saying they go back to the truck, ah, it could be a little of both. So, I think it's ego is what I think it's ego because if if I get if you get a uh, a bunch of ducks right down in the in the decoys and you whiff on them, that's interesting to see for people because you <laughs> still get the birds down. And I think a lot of these guys are using just GoPros too, where they're just tiny little specks, so it's not that great of a visual. But <laughs> when I posted. Um, the teal hunt was me and the boys and old Elijah, man, he shot over about 40, 40 shells he shot. And everyone watching the video knew that it was young kids shooting. 
And still, it's riddled full of trolls running their mouths about bad shooting. <laughs> and because, I mean, I'm put, I didn't put all their misses in there. And I told I did protect Elijah a little bit because a huge part of that storyline was um, of that hunt was him not, not hitting because it got really awkward because everyone pretty much had their limit. And it's like he was even whiffing water swats. I mean, it was like bad. And there was, may have been tears involved at one point. So I, I certainly protected him from the actual storyline of that hunt. But I still want, I showed the good passes that there were misses on. I still showed him in the ignorant people leaving comments about my young 13 and 14 year old boys not shooting one this day. So frustrating. So I think a lot of it is people don't want to endure the criticism hmm. that comes with it. Yeah. I think, yeah, it depends on the channel, but yeah. I can definitely see that being part of it too. I had a big turning point in season two because season one of my videos there, I had no problem showing every single real thing that happened, all my stupidity, all my misses, all my, everything. But then as people started watching it and more and more of those comments started coming in, I started not consciously, but I started not being as authentic with showing the actual hunt. And I had a point in which in season two, we went on a hunt trip and we started shooting on layout boats and hunt number one, I shot like crap. Hunt number two, I shot like crap. And I made both those videos and I could tell that in the videos I was making them, I was starting to kind of hide my bad shooting. And that was a turning point for me where I was like lying in the sand. I'm not going to hide. <laughs> so that hunt three, I taught, I called it something like a confessional or something where I'm just like, okay, I'm six for my last 36. And I just laid it out on the line. Um, and that was kind of like my rededication to, if I suck, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to make it known. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Hence Monday's that's great video. To do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. So uh, I guess, it, you know, let's uh, kind of shift gears and we'll jump into our actual hunts. I've actually hunted five times since our last Tuesday podcast. Oh my God. No, I have not been tearing it up. There's been two skunks and I mean, I've, I've actually done a lot better than the last week where I hunted four times. But uh, anyways, I guess I'll jump into a couple of mine and uh, we'll kind of split it up and then we'll jump back to you. How many times have you hunted this last week? Just once. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, this will jump back to last Thursday. Uh, we went out, we had a, a goose hunt scouted out, um, ready to go. We had these, these patterned, um, previous days. And, um, this was with the HDR guys, HDR waterfowl, um, or actually HDR innovations. But anyways, uh, we had it all scouted out, got out there in the morning, um, ready to go. And the geese start flying and they go out. Uh, the way this was set up, there's this big marsh, and right next to it there is this pond, and, and there it's on a farm. So, the marsh is just out there, and then this pond they have to cross past the pond, and then they go out to these oat fields. Um, and an oat field is just like a it's a crop, uh, a cover crop is what they call it that they grow, and then they till it back into the ground to give it nutrients. That way, you know your corn takes all the nutrients out of the soil. Um, so the birds, when this oat crop comes up, they just you know chow down on it so they go out from the marsh down to the oats and then sometimes they come back to the day pond and more oats and you know and then back to the roost all that kind of stuff so anyways we have it scouted out pattern 
And these birds just like a thousand geese, no joke, just keep going over us, over us, out to the field, out to the field, out to the field, out to the field, and um, nothing in this day pond, unfortunately. And we had them scouted out just the day before being in there. Um, so we're like, all right, we'll stick it out, stick it out. It's just pouring down rain. We're just sitting in this this uh, in the brush of this pond, and um, and and then about ten thirty, um, no joke, it was like seven hundred geese just pick up, and they're all coming V line straight for us or B line straight for us, and uh, they stop short of it and land in the field again, like a hundred yards away from us. Oh, frustrating. <laughs> yeah, and then um, yeah, they just never picked up. We stayed there till like. 12 30 so man it was just a long day sitting in the rain and hoping these birds would show up and they didn't so do you even did not, nothing not a single bird. we had one we had okay so when we we're setting up we had three come in that day pond literally like 40 yards away from us um where tim could have almost turned around and shot him um he had his gun but he kind of he tried to sneak up towards him and shoot them and they flew off and then we got set up and one more came in a solo came in like while like these groups of like 15 20 15 at a time all going out to the field just group after group after group this one solo came in and right about um 40 yards and uh no one no one called call, called a shot and so we probably could have killed it but no one called a shot and so we just you know <laughs> who's um, the shot caller in that team is it tim it's usually tim so yeah it's usually tim um, but I guess, yeah, it just miscommunication on that one. And it, it was a little bit of a poke anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. So we, we didn't, we ended up with a skunk after sitting there for like five hours. So that was, that was uh Thursday. Um, but that, that kind of rain and cold front, um, I was hoping it would bring in some ducks. So I, I was out there the next day going out on Friday out to one of my favorite spots out in the marsh, um, right off the river. And, you know, just hope that rain and a little bit of cold weather would have brought in some more ducks. So get out there um, bright and early and, um, you know, I'm going out to the spot and there's people out there already. So I'm by myself and I see the people and like there's either I can go up the stream and like there's this creek that goes to this marsh area down the river. Um, I can go sit at the mouth of it because I didn't bring anything else. Either talk to them, see if they want to group up, go sit at the mouth, which is good for nobody or just go home. So I was like on the edge of like going home or going in there, going home. And I know some of the guys that go in there already. Cause you know, if it's one of these spots where it's kind of the same people who hunted a lot. Um, and so I ended up going to talk to them and just seeing if they minded grouping up and they didn't. So there was four of us. Um, and you know, it worked out great. Cause they already had a, <laughs> they, were, they had a panel blind they brought with them, tangle free panel blind. I've never used one of those. And they already had it like, pre-brushed in and so like my setup was like not that bad and you know set, meet some new guys from the area it was all pretty cool guys and um you know one of the guys had oh what was it like a german wire hair i've never seen the dog do you know what kind of dog i'm talking about for duck hunting people use it's another breed it's not a common breed um but it's in the video i I've, i didn't really say what kind of dog it was because i don't know but this guy had a dog as well so we both had our mo marshes with our dogs on either side of an a-frame sitting out there in the marsh but this cold weather or the cold little bit of colder weather and rain didn't really bring any mallards into the area um so it's just we just had some wood ducks coming at first light um and we actually popped a few of them and lost a lost a <laughs> lost one as well so um 
yeah so got some wood ducks pretty sure i had a two for one on it another guy claimed he shot one as well but went back looked at the shot cam um looks pretty definitive that i hit both of them <laughs> <laughs> and uh so did was, you count that in your records as yours i did count it as mine yeah you can go yeah. watch the video i just don't want to say you know like if someone else calls it yeah i hate to so they didn't hit it but i watched the video back it looks like his shot hits behind him and Mine yeah. just sometimes it's down, hard so. to tell sometimes it's hard to tell yeah you pull bang, the trigger bang. and uh, a duck falls you're gonna think you shot it so yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you have video evidence though you can go back and yeah yeah sure <laughs> so um you know couldn't complain got two of my three wood ducks um great retrieves for chief we did have the one somebody else shot it so um i didn't count that as a lost duck in my record but me and chief couldn't find it so <laughs> the bird was yeah, still if you didn't alive. shoot it yeah if you didn't shoot it yep um yeah, so that was my Thursday or Friday hunt. Um, Saturday hunt was kind of my favorite hunt from this week. Um, got my dad to come out with me. We went out to my uh, little secret wood duck spot that, for whatever reason, nobody else knows about, or very few. Um, I've only ever had one other group hunt there while I've hunted there. Um, but it's just wood ducks. There's not very many other ducks there at all. Uh, so I had to decide between um, two different places and just wood ducks we don't have mallards right now and scouted out and decided to go we're kind of i was wish washy decided to go out to this spot um so me and my dad get get in the canoe we get chief all packed up on there as well we're really packed down got the white rock decoys and a mojo uh so we probably had maybe like 15 decoys in the mojo and we get out there first light and we could just hear the the wood ducks you know whistling and and right then i'm like yeah this we made the right choice and the night before i saw him out there so i was pretty confident but you never know you never know what, what could happen and uh you know it was about 10 15 minutes after shooting light and they just started buzzing around everywhere um we had them landing in our set and um, yeah it was fun and, and i was popping them and um you know my dad was hitting them too and uh so we got to the point i had three and my dad um got his second there as well and um you know, Chief had some good retrieves, and that's, you know, it was just a great time. Uh, so we had five, and we had one more we had to get, and uh, and we're, we're waiting. We decided to wait so that, that Dad could hopefully uh, get his limit as well on the wood ducks. So we're sitting there. We probably sat for like 45 more minutes, and we had some working on the other side of this uh, marshy lake area, and uh, you could just see him working the corner. And so finally we had one, and it looked like it was going to be – coming our way and i called and like i don't know what people think about the calling i'm kind of like on the fence uh as to how it affects wood ducks um because most people say you can't really call a wood duck then you got people who say you can um i think it's dependent on area and time just like everything else i think they're super finicky about calling but this one without a doubt <coughs> reacted to the call and it started coming our way and working towards our set and it's about 75 yards out and so you know my dad's getting ready and, I, and he, he goes to shoulder shoulder the gun and it looked like the wood duck saw him and flared out and it, and it circled back away um, you know 70 yards away and it circled away and then I called again and it worked back uh, right over the set and he had a, a 25 yard shot I'd say um, and it, you know it didn't it didn't exactly decoy in but he we took the I called the shot at 25 yards and uh yeah, so we didn't end up with the limit. We'll just put it that way. And <laughs> <laughs> with the old yeah. whip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and he's a new duck hunter, so you can't uh, yeah. you can't give him any uh, hard time about that. 
Well, um, even if you're not, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even if you're not, even if you're not. Um, I had plenty of misses that day as well, so. So are you coming out of your shooting slump a little bit? I, I would say I am because I, I, you know, yeah, I definitely would say I am. I went from like being like, you know, in the teens percentage last week to back up closer to 40. Still, still low. I would say I'm not like out of it, mm-hmm. but um, especially that day, I was able to get some of my confidence back. Um, and then the day after that. Right now, then, where are you sitting? Um, here, I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up and we'll, we'll, we'll go over that one at the end, but, uh, okay. so yeah, go ahead. Let's, uh, let's jump to your hunt, Elliot. Well, before we do that, I'm going to talk about lights all real quick. Um, I want to give a quick thanks to our sponsor lightsall.com. They help make this podcast possible. Their mode, their motto deny the dark isn't only for outdoor activities, but they all, they are also shining the light for their community. Did you know children suffering from malnutrition can affect their vision? Currently, more than one in five children are at risk of hunger. That's why Lightsall is partnering up with food banks across America to fight hunger on this Black Friday. Lightsall is introducing a new mixed bundle pack for 50% off for only for Black Friday weekend. 10% off every sale will be donated. $1 equals 10 meals. So certainly, guys, Lightsall is an awesome company. Um, go to lightsall.com, check them out, see their products. They are high-quality pieces of equipment. Yep. And I've just started using their products as well and uh, really big fan of uh, the ability to narrow down your light stream on the headlamps. Um, we had actually had on our Saturday hunt, we had the mojo out there in the set and I couldn't tell if the wings were spinning or not. And, uh, you know, even with my light just shined on it, but when I narrowed down that beam, I was able to pick out that the wings You're were You're talking about the headlamp, off. right? The yeah, headlamp? The headlamp. Yeah. And so on the headlamp, you know, just you just pull that out and you get a narrower... Uh, you know, a more concentrated stream of light from the same, the same headlamp. So I was able to see that they weren't spinning and, uh, you know, be able to switch that button and get it rolling. So, well, I've, I've worn their headlight for one hunt now and I'm about ready to talk about going on, but I always, in the past, I take my head flashlight and then I take my Ode pro, which they were a sponsor of FDH, like season one or two way back, but I love the flashlight still use it. Um, but I, I didn't take it because the, the lights all headlamp is so powerful and so good that as I was packing, I was like, no need, there's no need to put the Ode pro in there because it's this headlamp is about as good as, as the Ode pro and it's fixed to my head. So that was the first hunt in which I didn't, I did bring the lights all backup, um, torch just because I always use that to just bomb people that are walking close to me. But um, other than that, I, it was the, I left it at home because that, it, that headlamp is that strong. It's awesome. Awesome. So my hunt, right? Yep. All right. So Fumblemits and I were supposed to go out on Saturday and this was going to be our first, um, we did one teal hunt in our local area and this was going to be our first actual big duck, big duck hunt in our local area. And, but he ended up having, having a funeral to go to. So I talked Simeon into going and at the last second, he's like, I want to sleep, which he just <laughs> like, okay, whatever, man. I, which I didn't care because I, I I've said this before. I, I went through a time in my life, especially in this area where I did so much solo hunting that I became really addicted to it. And when my dad moved into this area and Aiden started hunting and Danny boy started hunting, um, I certainly never regretted it, but I did find myself longing for these solo hunts that I used to go on because they're just, I mean, you know, Jordan, they're just so peaceful and, sp- and spiritual almost. You just, it's, you connect with nature on a different level when you're by yourself. 
Um, yeah. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but I certainly feel that way. So I'm like, okay, I'm going out by myself. And I assumed that the birds were going to be pretty stale because the second week this, in this area, this is weekend number two um, of the, the big duck season. And typically weekend number two is really tough. The weather's been in the sixties and forties. And so I was like, if I shoot two or three ducks on this hunt, I'm going to be thrilled. I had no idea what I was going to see. So I went into a pool that I, I like the year or two before I started FDH, I used to hunt the crap out of this pool, just hunt it like crazy. Um, and, but I haven't been back in there a while, but the conditions are such this year that there's a lot of flooded vegetation in this pool. So, and it's harder to get back into the back end of it. I've very rarely, other than opening days, even seen people clear hunting the backside of this pool. Cause you either have to bring a boat up the river um, several miles and then hike in through the woods, or you have to approach it the way that I do, which is stop on the highway. I dump my layout boat or my kayak off the side of the road, go about a half mile and park my truck and then walk back and then get in my, uh, get all my crap into my boat, pull it down a hill to where I'm hitting the water. And then when I hit the water, it's about a half mile paddle, um, clear at the back end of this section. So it's, it's hard to get to. Um, when I got back in there and I, I haven't scouted or been in there for, I think actually the last time I was back in there was the day that Dan ate his first possum. So to date it, I don't <laughs> know if you want to date it a little bit. I hadn't been back there forever. Got back in there and there's just flooded smart weed everywhere. I'm not flushing ducks, but there's flooded smart weed everywhere. I mean, it, it just looks great. So I'm starting to get a little more excited because I know the pool can't that much, or at least this part of the pool. The, the, there's vegetation in there like I've never seen before. So I get all set up and everything, um, get my boat all brushed up, and here comes a couple lights back through the woods where guys brought their boats up, and they're walking right towards me. I'm like, oh, man, I wanted this place all to myself. So I immediately got up, and we were talking to Jake. This is my philosophy these days. If I see a light like that, I don't just leave them to do whatever they want. I just walk right towards them. I'm super friendly, um, and these guys were so nice and polite. Turns out they're – just moved here last February from Texas, a father and a son, both adults, but a father and a son. And just a super, super nice couple guys. And um, I didn't ask them to hunt with me because they didn't have layout boats or anything, but they ended up walking much farther away from me than I would have even felt they needed to. I mean, they probably went five, six, seven hundred yards away from me before they even set up, which I'm just like, oh man, these guys are awesome. <laughs> so, but they were bummed because they were, they were going right to the same spot I was in. So, um, sun comes up and there's actually a lot more movement than what I expected there to be. And, um, and, and I've had this problem on the same pool before. So there's a huge open water out in the middle. It's all only about knee deep, but then on the edges where you have the vegetation, you've got to set up in those, in, in the edges where there's vegetation or just to get covered, but the ducks, it's hard to get, actually get them to decoy into the vegetation. They're always wanting to land out in the open pool. And then they'll swim back into the vegetation. So it's at this place, there's a lot of days, well, multiple days where it's just like this struggle of there's birds here, but I can't get them in the range that I want them in. And that's what was taking place on this day. So I'm getting birds around, birds working, birds working. And um, I have two teal come and land. I didn't even see them coming in because I'm, I'm laying out. They landed like five yards from me. I hop up, they flush, whiff, whiff, over for two. Um, then I've got, I got a couple ringnecks that come and land in, but they're like at about, they're like 
40 yards. Um, so when I have, when I have duck, big ducks or divers land at about 40 yards from me, I almost always water swat that because I figure if they're at 40 now, I can kill them dead on the water. If they get up and go the opposite direction, I'm going to be taking the, it's going to be 45, 50. So I swatted, swatted that one. And then over the next hour, I went like, oh, for seven on, and it was all on green wings, which green wings out of a layout boat are hard, but I was just like, whiff, 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 whiff. And, and I'm getting really, really discouraged at this point. Cause I'm now I'm like one for eight and my only hit is a water swat. Right. And mm -hmm. they weren't, they were fairly close shots. I mean, all of them are probably between 20 and 30, but they're, you know, green wings whipping through the set and coming up out of a layout boat with green wings whipping through the set. Those are hard shots. Those are hard shots. But some of them, it was like, you know, you see the feathers fly and, and, and I was really getting annoyed. <laughs> so I decided I was just going to make a decoy change because the big ducks were doing kind of doing the same pattern and working down this other shoreline. So I pulled up everything and I was only running two and a half dozen decoys. because That's about all I can get in my, my boat. Um, cause I'm not pulling a sled or I wasn't that day. And so I went around to the other side where I, more of the birds were working, especially the green wings were working this side, like crazy, get over there, set up, miss my next two shots. Now I'm like one for 10. And so at this, at this is the point that I decide that I'm going to entitle this video, how to suck at duck hunting. So now I'm kind of excited. I'm like, okay, all right, this is going to be a good theme. I'm going to enjoy. That's a funny title. People will click on it a lot. How to suck at duck hunting. <laughs> but I desperately wanted to rectify this day. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to make my baked beans. I'm going to relax. I'm going to get my head together. And I'm going to start hitting them. So I start making my baked beans. I've got one of those Walmart um, fire uh, sterno, well, not sterno, but propane things. And I'm starting to make my beans and I spill them all over my lap. They fall down <laughs> on the thing. And luckily though, the way they landed, they landed like, um, open side down on my tide wee waders. So they were still trapped in there. So I was able to just kind of scoop them back into the can. <laughs> so I, I, I resurrected a lot of them, but it didn't help my, actually my disposition was pretty good during the whole thing. So I was still having a lot of fun, but it didn't, it just like added into the, just the whole day of me sucking. Uh -huh. Um, but right when I was, I put them back on the grill and, or on the flame. And right as I was getting done cooking them, this gadwall hen coasts right down into the decoys and I killed her dead. And that was like the most satisfying kill of the season, honestly, because <laughs> it was like, you know, when you hit them and it's just like lights out the second, you know, there's no doubt about it. They're just dead. So I was really pumped about that. Um, then I had another, um, I had some green wings come in and land, took one of those. So now I'm at three. And then right before I was about to leave, these two gadwalls just came swimming into the decoy set. <coughs> and I was going to, I was not going to water swat them because I'd already water swatted a teal and a ring neck, two out of my three birds I'd water swatted. And I'm trying and I don't, it's just not as fun. So I pull up on these birds. They're about 35 yards and they're like sitting like side by side. Like I'm going to kill them both in one shot. So instead of letting them, flush and trying to take them both a, a natural double i just swatted them both on the water and killed them both with one shot and nice. so that actually ended up getting me to five which is yeah. way more ducks than i thought i was going to take yeah it turned out to be a, a good day it sounds like 
numbers wise, it was a very interesting day. I had a a lot of fun. I essentially had the entire pool to myself. I could see those guys over there a little bit, but they left about ten. About I'd say about nine thirty, they left ten o'clock, and I was out there till about noon. So essentially, I felt like I had the whole place to myself. And I did end up with five. And one of the gadwalls I shot, I don't know if you saw any of the pictures on Instagram. Yep. Prettiest gadwall I've ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. The white on the belly is pure snow white. <laughs> I've never seen a gadwall with this much rust on the ring pat on the wing patch as as that one had. Just a perfect, perfect bird. So I may have my two mounters. Um, yeah, uh, the wind Simeon shot which is what they call a storm widgeon. And this gadwall, I may be already, I can't believe it. It's not even mid-November. And I think I'm probably have my two birds I'm going to mount this year already hmm. in the freezer. There you go. <laughs> One less thing to worry about. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably wait. I don't I don't know. At this point, this gadwall is so beautiful that, I mean, I could go another 10 years and not shoot a gadwall this pretty. And that widgeon. So even if I shot a pintail at this point in time, I don't know that I would change my decision. Hmm. I mean, gadwall mounts are a pretty rare thing and beautiful drake gadwalls are a pretty rare thing. And I, and I don't actually shoot all that many gadwalls. So I may be done with the search for the two. Sweet. Yeah. I would would say both of those are definitely mount worthy that you have in in your freezer right now. Yeah. So I, I may contact, um, Help me out with the name sportsman taxidermy. Yeah. And just say, Hey, I think I've got these two birds. Cause I don't remember. Did he say that, um, he couldn't mount them to later season or he thought he would just so we could get the birds. Do you um, remember? I, I don't remember. I may just contact him and say, I've got these two birds. Do you want me to keep them here? Do you want me to bring them to you? Cause I, when I, I think when I hand off the birds, I'd probably, I'd like to take a video camera in there. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. And, and because if I'm going to do a review video of one of the mounts, I think it'd be cool to have the hand and the birds off showing the facility a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then the be, pickup and everything <clears throat> before some good content right there. So, and, and I need to decide whether, okay, are these going to be two separate mounts or is it going to be like two birds mounted in one, which th- that can look really cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know. One thing kind of jumping back to your hunt that I'd say, uh, you know, one thing I, people always ask me like, why, why go on solo hunts or, you know, that kind of deal. Um, and one thing I always say is, man, like going with my dog, it's awesome. Like, um, anytime I can go with my dog, but you, you went without Izzy because she still has her, uh, um, her injury that she's healing up from. So how was that being without your dog? Surprisingly well. Um, that's only the, I've only gone on that I can recall one other solo hunt in my life that was actually just solo without a dog, whether it's my first dog or my second. And the first one, <coughs> excuse me, the first time I went without her, there was a, a real pit of lonesomeness um, that I felt. But I think the fact that I've got a camera and I'm constantly talking to it mm. makes a big difference. I mean, I certainly was really sad she couldn't be there. Oh, yeah. But I didn't have the the same isolated um, feeling I had the other time I hunted without her. And, and I, I was thinking about that. And I think it's probably just because I'm constantly talking into the camera. <laughs> but she's greatly missed for sure. Yeah. In yeah. fact, I'm hoping I got to take her to the vet one more time, but I'm hoping November 16th, um, I've got a three day hunt trip here. And the first day I'm going to hunt, take her to hopefully take her to the vet 
after the hunt. I just want to make sure and get her cleared because she is still limping. I um, mean, those of you that are just listening, she had an ACL tear, um, got it repaired and everything, and she's she's still limping. So I don't know whether it's like, am I am I expecting her to not limp at all? I don't think so. I think she's always going to have a little bit of a limp. Hmm. I think, but I just need to make sure. And I wish I had asked this last time. It's like if she's still limping a little bit, does that mean I don't take her? I don't want to take her too soon. Um, but she's trotting and running. And she's jumping up onto the bed and and all of that. So I would say that her recovery is going well. So I think that even when she hunts, she'll probably still have a little bit of a limp. But I certainly don't want to take her out there prematurely and have her re-injure it or or something like that. Um, yeah, but I think she, uh, she, I think a quick call to your vet would be a, a safe bet. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I may take her in. The last time I took her in for a checkup, I called him on the phone and I asked him pricing. Because normally, like if I get like when I got my back surgeries, which I've had two back surgeries, um, when I have my back surgeries, like your post surgery is free. You don't pay for that. You know, you have a surgery, they see you. It's it's included in the deal. So I didn't know if it was the same for dogs or not. So I called him, and I was like, "Okay, I'm bringing her in. Is there a fee to that?" And she's like, "Yeah, but it's only going to be about twenty nine dollars, right?" And I'm like, "Okay, no problem, no problem." So I get in there and they're like, well, we think that she needs more meds. So they give me one bottle of meds and they run the bill up. It's like a hundred bucks. I'm like, surely those meds aren't $70. Huh. I mean, surely not. But I was just, I just wanted to get out of there. I didn't even say anything to him, but I should have. <laughs> but I'm going to call back this time. It's like, okay, if this is hundred dollars. I'm not going back in. Cause yeah. literally I talked to the guy for five, 10 minutes. Yeah. And he just yeah. looked at her, said, yep. Yeah, touched her, touched her <laughs> um, knee. He's like, yeah, I think she's doing fine. Oh, that's a hundred dollars. Come on. <laughs> hundred dollars yeah. for every 10 minutes man you must be rich <laughs> mm. so i will go in if it's just 30 bucks i'm not going to take her back in if it's 100 i'm just going to use my discretion so uh, what i will say though uh, as far as not having her with me hunting out of a layout boat a dog is a big pain in the ass um they're they because they're constantly stepping on everything <coughs> When you're paddling, they create some issue. They, they they bring water into the boat. So hunt there is a side of hunting without her with my layout that is nice. Mm. Uh, I can haul more stuff. I don't have to worry about her stepping on everything, stepping on the blinds, rebrushing everything. Um, everything I brush and everything just stays intact. You guys Which, heard it here first. Elliot's done with duck dogs. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's certainly not, true. but it is. It, there is a side of it. Dogs are high maintenance, and hmm. they really they are. And see, I just see past all that because there's no chance that like I don't know. It just well, and I feel the same way. Yeah, I just yeah, no, yeah, these are the natural thoughts I'm having as I'm out there, not having her shake water all over me, not having <laughs> her stomp on everything I've just brushed, not having her, you know, not be obedient and get under her little hood. I mean, those things do cause some negative emotions, you know, I will say like, uh, kind of, kind of while we're on the subjects of dogs, um, maybe the reason I'm feeling this way is because chief is doing so much better than he's done mm. in previous years as far as obedience. And like, we had a little bit of a rough start and I was so worried. I'm like, we, cause we got to the end of the season and he was like doing good, you know, he was solid. And mm. then like the beginning of the season hit and I'm like, 
what happened to my dog. Like we trained all summer long. We worked so hard and now we get out here and like, it's just like mayhem and craziness. And like, I'm like, this is not worth it. And like, you know, it's the first, you know, the first few hunts. And, and since then, I mean, he's sitting there while we're doing it and he's going when I'm, you know, telling him to, he's still breaking the shot some. And that's partly because of my laziness, mm. which, you know, that's not great. But <laughs> besides that, he's doing, he's, he's doing so, so good. Yeah. Season. Yeah. Well, I certainly long-term will have a dog. Um, it's just whether I still have not made my decision on whether I'm going to get one in February or not. Um, I know I probably should, <coughs> but honestly with the podcast, my regular job, I've got a side job with, um, my sister and brother-in-law, um, the YouTube videos. Anytime I think about adding something to my plate, I start getting this feeling of dread Mm. Um, just because, and I know you're, you're the same way with your schedule as well. Um, It's just, I'm feel so cramped by everything I've put into my life willingly. Oh, and freelance on stats I'm meeting with. I mean, my, I, I have jam packed my life with things that I want to be there. So the thought of like putting all of that effort and energy into training a dog right now seems exhausting to me, the thought of it. Um, but I mean, February is, is a good time because hunting season's winding down and yeah, as I sit thinking about it now, it seems overwhelming. <laughs> well, my vote is that you, uh, as you like to say, you suck it up and get a dog. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's either going to, at that, I could see a scenario in which I'm like, okay, um, Izzy seems to be hanging in there strong. I still have candy as a backup and she's always there with us. Um, although it's not the same just as far as is the actual working useful side of it, because among all the relationship you have with the dog, if you get a place that is difficult to walk around and there's times in which a dog is just absolutely invaluable to what you're doing, like that corn hunt where you guys were losing the birds, you had to mm-hmm. take chief back. You found to, I mean, there's a times in which a dog is just a, a, such an asset to what you're doing. Yeah. And yeah. then there's times in which it's just a companion, but <clears throat> we've got candy. So I, I, at the latest, I will do February of 2020 <coughs> and see what I can get out of Izzy next year and what I can't get out of her. Um, let Candy pick up the slack. But then the, then again, devil's advocate, there's places that we hunt, open lakes that we hunt um, in the cold where my dad can't go and bring candy where having a dog is extremely important to do. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. I, if I'm going to go in February, I better get on it because it's going to, I mean – Oh yeah. I need, I need to be thinking litters where I'm going to get it from. And, and I want to visit the litter multiple times before I pick out a dog. That's what I did with Izzy went, uh, when there was like around six weeks old, just sat for about 45 minutes playing with the pups, looking at them, goofing around with them, seeing the parents, and then went back two weeks later, did the same thing again before making the decision on which pup to get. And then walked out of there with Izzy. And I, I really like it that way. Well, Barton Ramsey's only a phone call away. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do like Barton Ramsey, but Barton Ramsey doesn't like my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what I wouldn't do for one of those dogs. Mm, yeah. So, um, I guess let's uh, let's jump to uh, <clears throat> the second half of my hunts. Uh, real quick before we go to that, so I think my my Saturday hunt is going to be awesome video. Um, so be sure to check that out. Um. Yeah, it's just going to be lots of action, lots of cool stuff going on in that, uh, and it should be out by the time this podcast airs. Um, now, but that's another what you th- just told about with the, what, 
your dad? <clears throat> yeah, where I, I limit out and he uh, nearly limits out. So probably okay. the best hunt I've had this season. Um, but yeah, another thing that I'll say uh, that I did that I wasn't expecting myself to do is I switched ammo. Um, I was having such a, you know, I, you guys know, I'll let you know since we've talked about it here recently, uh, I had a bad shooting lull. And uh, I switched to heavy metal, which is the, you know, the premium expensive ones. It just means all my misses are more expensive now. But uh, <laughs> um, but honestly, I was pretty impressed with the knockdown power of it. Um, and I kept a, I had, what is it you switched to? The heavy metal. It's the heavy the heavy metal brand is a little bit more expensive it's got the titanium um shots in there and it's got a mixture of steel and titanium and the titanium ones are more dense than lead so um you, you still have the 1500 feet per second you have the the speed knockdown power plus the density um and man i don't know what it was if it's too soon to tell but i i, I like it so far um i'm not sure if i like the price but you know uh, I'm definitely going to be playing around with that more. Um, and something we're going to be talking about here in a little bit with our stats, but this week switching to that, my shooting percentage went up to seven or 47% and my season total is 38%. Oh, great. Great. <laughs> yeah. So that a little bit better shooting. Yeah. Um, I always, 40% is always my cutoff. It's like, as long as I don't, I don't want to be down in the thirties, me personally. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're I'll, getting I'll be working. I'll be working on that, getting that up. Hopefully, hopefully I can pull yeah. it off by the end of the season. Um, so jump into my next hunt Sunday morning. Um, went out to. Uh, there's this really cool spot I wanted to check out. I'd done some map scouting of it. Um, had seen some birds kind of working towards that area, but I'd never actually been able to scout it. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Um, but. <coughs> It's, it's deep into the woods and it's kind of this flooded area. So it's really hard to scout without actually getting in there. So, um, you know, I talked one of my buddies into going with me, Hunter from HCR. And uh, we went out there and set up. And it was as close as you can get in Indiana to a flooded timber hunt. It was just this opening of a pool connected by some streams out in the river, really tight quarters. And uh, so we get out there, we set up the spread. Um, really cool spot. Really just really cool. Uh, but honestly, there wasn't a ton of birds and it's just wood ducks. And we saw some flying. They weren't actually flying to the spot, which I thought they were a big opening, but they just kept going. So we did have some drop in and the ones that dropped in, it's just really cool to see them work. Um, you know, they come right over the treetops and just drop straight in there and dive in there. And, uh, I was able to knock, knock a couple and did lose one. Um, one thing that was amazing about hunting f like timber like that, <coughs> is that after shooting light, we're talking like 30 minutes after on a cloudy day, it was so dark still. Um, and that's why we lost the bird. You know, I, I shot it and once it got on the water, I just couldn't ever see it. Chief couldn't see it. Um, and Hunter's like, oh, there's some ripples going like, <laughs> and, it, it, and it was able to swim away. So um, that was one thing that was really surprising to see how dark it got on timber like that. So yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, it didn't really produce, but it's something that I'm going to keep my eye on because that location is just awesome being out there in the woods, hunting a, a pool of water like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's when you get in the trees like that, boy, you certainly, it's so hard to shoot at legal shooting time. Yeah. Yeah. Like out on the prairie though, you can really do it because you got all the sky in the background versus trees, you know? Yeah. 
makes a big difference, which I didn't expect that. Yeah. <clears throat> Damn. <laughs> so we're going to go over stats, or is that your last time? No, I have one more. It's really oh, quick. Um, you're a so, machine. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll make this one quick. So um, we went back to the same spot we went on Thursday. Kept scouting it. Um, we had them figured out we're going to be on the X in the oats in that field. Still a thousand birds working this uh, roost in the field surrounding it. So that was actually today's hunt. Again, we're out in the rain in layouts this time out in the oats. Um, and uh, <laughs> all this and we literally we got one bird like we had a huge spread we probably had 10 dozen decoys an hour and a half of setting up and man what a bummer to, to have them they're landing in the field they landed yeah. like 100 yards behind us for whatever reason something in our set they weren't liking or I, we, we don't know we, we kind of everybody has their own theory who's on the hunt and uh, nobody really knows so you know that's just why it's hunting and, and you're all, really, all in layout blinds, and they're all gra grassed and brushed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was brushed into a tee. Like, I made, you know, a sheer, like, the blinds were just mm -hmm. completely covered in grass. And, mm. and uh, I mean, there wasn't a spot on the, the blinds that weren't flaring from that. It was just, I don't know. It's just hard to say. It's just really hard to say. But it really is, like, all we can expect. This is what our season's been. We're yeah. like on the X, but just off of it. So these birds were landing. Like we had like 300 birds work that field at least. And we ended up packing up about 930 or 1030 and uh, heading out. We're just like, well, we tried. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those hunts where. Hunt real soon. <clears throat> yeah, we better because it's getting, it's getting discouraging. <laughs> yeah, yeah seeing this many birds and just being just off wrong day, wrong time. And then to add salt to the wound, we could see the pond that we sat up, sat up in the day before or the Thursday before and had birds working into it and didn't work into it. The day we hunted it, there's oh. birds working into that pond. So it's just like, <laughs> we could, couldn't win. You had just too many decoys out to move over there probably, huh? Yeah, no. And it's, it was hundreds, hundreds of yards away. Hundreds and like, uh, yeah, it wasn't very close. We could see it because it's across the field, but I mean, we were hundreds and hundreds of yards away from it. Well, if it's any consolation, I'm looking at the freelancehuntstats.com. Um, hunters in Indiana this entire year are averaging 1.16 bird per hunt. 1.1. Mm. Now that's a lot of that's yours, <laughs> but there's not all. About half of it's yours. Okay. We need so to get some more Indiana guys. Yeah, if you're an Indiana guy, get on this FDH so I can compare my stats with you. <laughs> yeah, so on um, if if you guys are listening to the podcast and you're not aware, I've developed a website, freelancehuntstats.com, where you can log all of your hunt information and keep track of it. And we just added a feature where you can sort by state. <coughs> so I can look and see, you know, just people in Indiana from the date range from September till now, what how they've done and in 25 hunts, they're averaging 1.16. So it's looking pretty tough <laughs> right now in Indiana, I'd say. Yeah, pretty still, pretty tough. But Let's see what Kansas is real fast for that mm. same date range. Kansas is a show-off state probably. Uh, 47 hunts, 4.36 <laughs> birds per hunt. What was that? Four point <laughs> four point three six. And how many of those are your hunts? Because you're just limited out. Um, <laughs> well, out of the forty-seven, I'm sure Aiden has some of his in there. I'd say half of those are probably me and Aiden's. Okay. 
Yeah. Hmm. So four point six. So thing and hundred and forty five blue wing teal. How many mallards have been shot? Seven widgeon, eleven gadwalls. Only two mallards, one of which are mine. <laughs> the other one, the other one's probably Aiden. So Aiden and I are the only two that have shot. Um, in the whole state. In the whole state. Well, in, in <laughs> 47 hunts. <laughs> yep, yep. So it's a pretty cool little feature I had added in there where you can check state by state and see who's doing what where. Yep. Hmm. And if I, I'm looking at my stats for um, not including teal season. Let me filter by that real quick and see. Um, so if I just go I, okay October 1st till now um, I've got five hunts 18 harvested 40% shooting percentage 3.6 per hunt so <clears throat> my shooting was in the 70s in September and since then is in the 40s so <laughs> I'm struggling a little bit on my shooting what was it again what was the numbers uh, five hunts 18 harvested 40% shooting percentage averaging 3.6 per hunt. <clears throat> okay. So how many seven, birds is it? Seven blue wings, five green wings, four gadwall, one mallard, one ring. <clears throat> so this is just your regular season, not the teal season. Yes, I excluded teal season. I excluded All right. I'll do that for my stats as well then. Okay. Because um, right now I have teal season included, but... Yeah, I, hadn't, I just was curious as what that was. I'd been meaning to look that up. <sighs> My shooting and all of that's pretty much layout boat hunting. So, mm. and all the teal seasons, not man. When you start shooting out of a layout boat, I don't know. Did you see Outdoor Limits video? I haven't seen it yet. Where he's he's now he's got a, a redhead blind attachment like I've got, and he's got a kayak he's hunting out of, and uh, he's having some shooting struggles out of that as well. Actually, I talked to him. I think I'm going to go hunt with him on Veterans Day. Awesome, um, which will be really interesting. Cause he's hunting solo a lot. I'm like, we both got these kayaks with blind attachments. Why not go down there and hunt with him? Um, <clears throat> but he's having shooting struggles out of his as well. It's just hard, especially when you get, you know, they sway a little bit, um, which is kind of what he thinks is, is his issue in his, I don't really feel the sway, but I'm sure it's there more than I think. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. Coming out of a layout boat is it's, it's difficult. It's challenging. Yeah. It's, it's already hard enough laying, laying mm -hmm. out. And then you add the, added elements i'm sure that makes it more difficult yeah it is so my overall stats embarrassing but uh 32 on the regular season for my shooting percentage uh harvest per hunt 1.3 lost 0 0.1 and uh shots fired per hunt 4.4 uh total number of birds harvest so far is 13 on 10 hunts with one lost um one double and 44 shots so far. And that that's your entire season or with not, not including teal? Not including teal. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> so my entire <laughs> season, I'm at, I'm at 50. So I figured it out if I can, I've got about 20 hunts left. I've never hit a hundred ducks. I've never, I just have never, I mean, I hunt between 25 and 30 times a year. So to get a hundred ducks, I'm going to have to average around four ducks per hunt, which is a pretty tough number. Um, to hit for an entire season, but I've done so well um, during teal season that if I, if I average two and a half ducks per hunt from here on out, I'll hit that hundred mark. So nice. fingers crossed I can mark that one off my list. Um, yeah. And we talk about numbers a lot. And I always like to say that numbers are just supplementary enjoyment. Yeah. To 
and I myself have to t- have to tell me have to remember to not allow it to be too much about numbers, which is a lot harder when you're publicly sharing your hunts to keep that in mind, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, mine can't be about numbers because then it's just embarrassing. <laughs> it can be. It just feels like crap. <laughs> You'll pick no, it up. You're going to pick yeah. it up. <laughs> For sure. I'm, I'm definitely uh, coming out of the, the cold street, coming out of the the law and the shooting and, and the migrations about to come in full swing this week. So, um, yeah. I think this is probably a good point to wrap it up. Um, you got anything else to add, Elliot? Nope. I would just say go over to Freelance Hunt Stats and check it out. See what we've got over there and uh, set yourself up an account and get logging. Awesome. Definitely agree. And uh, one last update for me as well. Uh, check out the migration report I got coming out every week with a bunch of the other YouTubers plugging in their states and their uh, their um, information as well. So with this weather coming in, we should have some good information coming out for you guys. Anyways, that's all we got for this week. Thanks again for tuning in for another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. Um, we couldn't do it without the awesome community we have with you guys. Uh, I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, and we'll see you guys next week.